0: My name is Pastor Boz, and I have the pleasure of being the Midlothian and online campus pastor here at God Squad Church. And this week, guys, has been a little bit of a rough week for me. Uh, I've said this before, when I normally preach what God does in my life, and I was telling Pastor Susie about this earlier today, normally when I'm about to preach something, God normally, he... uh, he, he tests me a lot in what I'm about to preach on. It's like, oh, you really want to preach on that, do you? And uh, I'm like, yeah, I would like to preach on that. And then that whole entire week ends up being a week where he's testing me in what I'm going to preach on. And preaching on sin, the temptation is going to come. Preaching on being hurt, I'm going to be hurt in some way, shape, or form. But unfortunately, I was supposed to preach this sermon about a month ago, and so I was uh, I was planning this sermon for a month and so this whole entire month it seems like God has been testing me over and over and over again and it's been really really hard and difficult but I got a message for you guys that I hope will bless you guys but before we get into that let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father I ask you right now God as we come before you that you would help us to be able to open up our hearts to the word that you would have for us Father. I pray that as we dive into your word I pray that as we talk about you, that you would help us to understand a little bit more about who you are. And God, that we would be able to be able to fight better against the enemy and the lies that he has for us, Lord. Pray that we would trust in you, that we would trust in your truth and what you have given to us, Lord, through your son, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Who loves Christmas? Raise your hand if you love Christmas or put put it put it. You don't you don't have to put a heart in a chat. Put put it put a I don't know, put a heart in chat. It's okay. Hearts are about love. It's about Christmas. I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday of the year. I hate winter. I I do not like snow either. So when I moved from Connecticut down to Virginia, I was very happy. But the other day, I got pictures on Facebook. I had my mother-in-law text me of two feet of snow that had dropped in Connecticut. And she said, about time to shovel and chip away at the ice. And I kind of, you know, she snapped a picture of it. I should have snapped a picture back of my grass because we don't get a lot of snow here in Virginia. So I'm very happy. And now Christmas is even better because it's I don't have the cold, I don't have the snow, and I still get to celebrate Christmas. And for me, that's a praise. That's a praise for me. But there's also something that happens at Christmas time. This happens every year. There's some lies about Christmas that we get told. Every single year, you guys see the commercial. This has been on for 20 years. So if you haven't been seeing this commercial, you live under a rock, but it's when the two M&Ms are standing there, the red and yellow one, and Santa comes into the room, and they both say, oh, they do exist. The red M&M faints and Santa faints, and the yellow one's just standing there looking all alone, and he's like, oh, Santa? But it's been on for 20 years. To be honest, it needs to go away at some point. I'm just going to be completely honest. But The thing about Christmas, though, is we get lied to from the media, social media, and everything about what it's about. What's Christmas about? It's about the presents. It's about the giving, the receiving. It's about times with family. And those things are good things. I'm not saying they're bad. And honestly, probably right now, especially during COVID-19, this is probably the time of year that we need it more than ever. But I would be lying to you if I told you that growing up on Christmas Eve, if I told you guys that I was more excited to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, I wasn't. I was more excited to wake up the next morning and unwrap the new PlayStation that I knew my mom was going to get me because I was asking for it for like seven months, and I just kept asking for it over and over just to get me to shut up. I think she bought me my first PlayStation. But that's what, that's what it was growing up for me. And so that's one of the lies that gets instilled in our minds, a lie about Christmas, about what it's about. This year, it's even a little bit worse with COVID-19. If you guys watch TV, they're all saying, well, COVID-19, it's going to be a little bit different this year. And it is. I'll be completely honest. It is going to be different. However, they're starting to say, well, it's going to be worse this year. You're not going to be able to be with your family. You're not going to be able to buy presents for your kids maybe because you can't go out to the store. Maybe, maybe unfortunately, maybe you lost your job, and so you can't be able to give the gifts and the Christmas that you would like to be able to give to your kids. And so people are saying, well, Christmas is just going to be a little bit different this year, but it's going to be a little bit worse as well. Unfortunately, I was talking to a member of our community just last week, and she was saying how sad it was going to be for her. She said, I'm not going to even be able to see my parents on Christmas. I'm not going to be able to see my family at all. So on Sunday, before Christmas, I'm going to go to their house. There's going to be a, a box of presents on their porch. I'm going to take a box of presents. I'm going to put it on the porch. I'm going to take the box of presents. I'm going to wave from them to them from the other side of the door. And she was upset about it. And to be completely honest, she has every right to be upset about it. But that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy Christmas just because of all the lies that the media is putting on you, because Christmas is not about the presents. It's not about the giving, the receiving. It's not about all of those things. It's about the birth of Jesus Christ. But apart from Christmas, what happens when in your life something goes awfully wrong? Maybe you have your health is declining. Maybe your physical health, your mental health, something goes wrong. Maybe your marriage is Hanging by the edge of a thread. Maybe there's relationships in your family. Maybe your finances are not going all that well. What happens when things goes wrong in those areas? Because what tends to happen, and I know this for myself, I become very vulnerable when these types of things happen. And so what the enemy loves to do is he starts to lie. He begins to put all these different lies into my head. And so today's title of my sermon is beating the lies. Beating the lies. My first point for, for you guys that I want to bring to you is that the enemy attacks your reason. He attacks your reason. So I want you guys to flip to John chapter 10, and it is going to be on the screen behind me too. John chapter 10, verse 10. And it starts off like this. It says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I told you guys, that when I preach a sermon, God a lot of times tests me in it. And I can honestly tell you guys that this past month, I've been tested more than I feel like I've ever been tested before. I'm going to go into a little bit of detail here, and not many of you know what happened this past month. Many of you know that my wife has some certain health issues. But what's been going on this past month is my wife does deal with anxiety, and unfortunately when her anxiety gets too high, she has something called a pseudo-seizure. It's as exa- you, it would be exactly what you would picture of what a seizure looks like. So if her heart rate hits 120 and her blood pressure gets too high, she'll end up having this pseudo-seizure. Now, they're not real seizures, but I give my wife a lot of credit because a lot of people, they start to say to themselves, I can't control anxiety. I can't control what happens in my life. Those are just things that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my, wife, my life. But what my wife did, which was amazing was she was able to learn some techniques to be able to help her blood pressure and her heart rate to go down. And so I give her a lot of credit to be able to understand that, you know what, this can be controlled. It might not be 100% foolproof, but the thing is that she's learning ways to be able to control it. But unfortunately, when these things happen, as her husband, I have to live through this. I have to watch her have these. I got to make sure that she's okay, and I have a lot of fears that come with it, and I'm sure you can understand why. And so for not only this past month, but many years ago as well, what ends up up happening is she'll go to the ER or maybe she'll have one of these pseudo seizures. And all of a sudden, the lies start pouring into my head. And what does Satan start saying? You can't fix it. You're obviously a bad husband. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're not wrong. I am a bad husband. I I can't fix anything. And what else does Satan Say, well, God has the power to be able to heal your wife. He doesn't care about you. He's just withholding his hand from all the situations that you're going through. So why would he care about you? And I started to think, maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe God really just doesn't care about what's going on in my life because he could heal my wife, but he's not right now. I'm not proud to say what I'm about to say, but I have said this before multiple times in my life. I've said before, if this is what it means, God, to serve you, I don't want any part of it. And honestly, those are the times that I know for a fact. I didn't believe it deep down, but I was so hurt, I was so broken I was so angry. I just couldn't stop but just thinking those things. And I would just let it out of my mouth. And so I start speaking these lies that Satan has for us into existence. I'm speaking them all into existence. But the verse that I just read for you guys, it doesn't stop there. Yeah, the thief comes to steal your joy. He comes to kill the promises that God has given you. He's come to destroy the truth that God has in his word. But then there's something after it. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He flips the verse completely around. And now, instead of it being about that there's something out there to destroy you, that there's something out there to give you life today. There's something out there that is better. That the troubles that you're going through, the lies that are going into your head, that there's something so much better for you today. But you might be asking yourself, how do we even know that Satan is a liar? I want you guys to flip very quickly, just one page back probably in your Bibles like it is for me, to John chapter 8, verse 44, and it's the second part of it. It starts off like this. He was a murderer from the beginning. Okay, <laughs> let's, get, let's get this straight. Satan is obviously not a good guy. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody's from a murderer from the beginning, I'm probably not going to be trusting this guy very much. But then he continues, and he says, and does not stand in the truth Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. Satan doesn't speak out of the character of God the Father. He doesn't speak out of the character of Jesus Christ. He doesn't speak out of the character of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't even speak out of the character of you. You yourself, you do have truth. Yes, we do falter at times. Yes, we do lie at times. But you have truth in you. And he's speaking out of his own character. God is standing over here, and all he has is truth. And so now we got truth on one side. We have lies on the other side. We have Satan, the enemy, and we have God who's on our side. And we continue to listen to all the lies, but we forget to listen to the truth that God has for us. And so what starts to happen once again? We start believing the lies that Satan has for us. We start believing the lies that the enemy is putting into our heads that you're not a good mother, you're not a good father, you're not a good husband or wife. God doesn't care about you. All lies that Satan or the enemy is trying to put in your head today so that you will fall away from God and that you will be hurt, you will be broken, and you will have that joy stolen from you, killed and destroyed. And that's exactly what the enemy came to do. So, when these lies come, how do we fight back? We need to put on our belt. Put on your belt. Have you ever gotten something for Christmas? This is kind of, I'm I'm not going to say who gave it to us because honestly, if this person watches it in the future, yeah. Okay, but me and my wife... Have you ever gotten something for Christmas that you guys didn't know how to use it at all? I was watching Pastor Susie the other day. He was playing, his, uh, he was putting the other, his PlayStation 5. I'm not putting the video on today, but he, he couldn't figure out how to get the base of it on. He didn't know how to get it on there. He didn't understand it. Have you ever gotten a Christmas present He you didn't know how to use it? Or not even know how to use it. You didn't know what to do with it. Me and my wife, one year, unfortunately, she, her, she was having some health issues, and so people were coming to our place to give us presents, and we uh, haven't seen this person for a lot of years now, but we looked down at the present, and we both opened it. And I, the only thing I was happy about in that moment was that nobody else was around to see my face when I opened this present. Because let me tell you, I, I looked at it, And I'm a nice guy, okay? I generally can say, okay, this person got me this because maybe it's socks. I actually asked for socks for Christmas now. But maybe it's something that you didn't even ask for. And you're like, you know what? But it was the thought that counted, right? You can always fall back on it's the thought that counts and have a decent reaction to the present that the person got for you. Unfortunately, I was just really happy nobody was wrong because I looked at it and I go, Why? Like in my head, why? I didn't say anything and I was trying to be nice, but I couldn't think of how to be nice in this moment. And my wife, being the nicest person that I know, she looked at me and she said, what are we going to do with this? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) We didn't understand. We didn't know how to use it, why we even had it. I wanna show you guys a clip in just a second of somebody who uh, you guys are gonna notice who it is immediately when it comes up here. But um, I'm gonna show you guys a clip of somebody who uses a very advanced piece of technology for the very first time. Let's take a look at this clip.
1: Okay, let's do this right. Start mark half a meter and back to center. (sighs) Dummy, look alive, stand by for fire safety. You, roll it. Okay. Activate hand controls. We're going to start up nice and easy. we are going to see 10% thrust capacity. Chief lift. And three, two,
0: one. Iron Man. <laughs> He didn't exactly have the best first test. We see later on in the movie that he used their 10% thrust capacity, but um, he he realized he only needed to use 1% to get off the ground later on in the movie. But the thing was, it was the first time that he put on this piece of armor, the first time that he was going to put on a piece of armor to become Iron Man, but he didn't know how to use the equipment that he had. He even built it, but he didn't know how to use it in the first place. So he had to test it out, practice a few times. Before he could actually take this out and be able to use what he had for uh, what he had built, I want to read for you guys. It comes from Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to read for you guys verses 13 and the beginning of 14. It says this: Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. When we have these lies being poured into us, I truly believe that if we're not always having the belt of truth on at all times, that sometimes we don't know how to put on our belt. Sometimes we forget to put it on in the first place. Let me tell you guys what the belt was used for. The belt, Roman armor was a little bit odd, okay? They had their helmet to protect their heads, the breastplate, they had the shield, they had their sword, they had the belt, have the shoes. But the belt why did they even have a belt they have like these little skirt things and they forgot very in my opinion it was a very piece a a piece of armor that you kind of needed to protect your legs not wearing any pants okay they got on this little skirt thing so it's a little bit weird that they would have this belt on so there was two functions for this belt essentially one of them was to hold up garments that they would have so they would be able to be quick on their feet and ready at all times but the other thing and the most important part was it would hold their weapon. If they didn't have their belt when they went into combat, there was nowhere else to put their sword, to be able to bring it out quickly, be able to put it back. They had nowhere to hold a weapon. So if they didn't have their belt, they couldn't go into combat at all. And I truly believe that us as Christians, if we don't put on the belt of truth on a daily basis, if we're not reading the word of God, if we're not having those truths in our mind, we forget how to put on this belt. We don't understand when the lies are coming in that we need to be putting it on and we forget to put it on at all. So the last point that I wanted to tell you guys is to use your sword. We we'll read for you guys next couple of verses, same chapter. Ephesians chapter six, the end of 17 and beginning of verse 18. And it says this: And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer in supplication. Growing up, I always saw the posters. Maybe if you grew up in a church, you saw the poster as well. It would have the sword, right? It would have the sword out and it would say, the word of God. And so growing up, I believe that the, the sword was just the word of God and that was it. But then I had a pastor tell me something one time. He said, the sword isn't just the word of God because if you continue reading on in verse 18, it says, praying at all times in the spirit. So the sword is two things. It's the word of God that we have, and it's also praying as well. Have you guys ever, and put an F in the chat if this has happened to you, pay respects to yourself because I know that I've done this before. Have you ever gone into class one day for academics, you go to school, and it says, big test today, and you look at it and you say, I had eight weeks to study for this test, and I did absolutely nothing. And then you bombed the test. Can I get an man? in the chat? Put Fs in the chat to respect yourselves. I remember specifically in fourth grade one time, I got my sheet of paper. It was a big test, and we had to name the different trees when we looked at the picture. I didn't even get the evergreen one right because... Apparently, I was not the bright in school at that point in time. But the thing was, was I'm looking at all the pictures, and I didn't know anything because I had forgotten to study for the test. It wasn't like I was a bad kid. I actually just forgot to study, and so I failed the test. Let's put it in gamer terms. Esports teams, okay? Could you imagine an esport team who's doing really well, and they have maybe a match in two weeks, and one of the guys says, you know what? I know the maps, I know my keybinds. I own the game. We don't have to practice this week. We're good. Don't worry about it. We don't have to practice at all. What's going to happen? They're going to go into the match without any practice. They're going to forget things. Their aim is going to be off, whatever it might be, whether it's League of Legends, Overwatch, Call of Duty, whatever it is, they're not going to be as good as they would normally be come game day because they didn't practice at all. These people on esports teams, they live in the same house. They are practicing day in and day out with each other, with other teams, scrimmaging with other people as well. They're always practicing. The Romans, when they were coming in, not Romans 10 v. 9, but the Romans, when back in, back in biblical times, what they would do is they have their massive shield in front of them, and this was the way that they would fight. They would have the shield there, they would have their sword in one hand, and they would have the shields all lined up, and they would stick and they would move forward just a little bit. Not a lot, just a little. They would stick again, move forward, stick again, move forward. And this is what they did to take over multiple uh, countries at that time when they were still the superpower in the world. Could you imagine one of the Romans getting their sword for the first time and not knowing at all how to use his sword? Nobody taught him anything. He's just like, all right. I got this sword. He's brandishing it, just kind of waving it all around. He does, you know, he's like, okay, you put your shield like this. Okay, I see you doing that. Do I have my right foot forward? No, it's left foot forward. Okay, uh, stick. Are we sticking high? Are we Are sticking low? How do I even hold this thing? Do I hold it like this? Like, just move forward? No. He's not going to know how to use it at all. So how come as Christians we think that we can have a battle against Satan that just because we own a Bible, we can just keep it on our dresser, throw it under our bed, Put it into a drawer and not take it out until Saturday or Sunday. How can we think that it's okay to just pray during the, good t- or during the bad times in our life, but not during the good times? Because let me tell you, when Satan comes at you or God decides to allow something, one of the hardest tests that you're ever going to go through in your life, how do you expect to be able to stand up against the enemy? How do you expect to remember to take this out from under your bed and start remembering the truths that the word of God has for you? How are you going to remember to sit down and to say, God, I'm praying to you right now. I know I haven't talked to you in 20 weeks, but something really bad is happening. And so I need you during this moment right now. We need to remember as Christians on a daily basis, set it for today, December 19th. Today is the day I'm going to pick up the Word of God and I'm going to start diving into it. I'm going to start re- remembering the truths. I'm going to start memorizing His Word so that when the enemy comes, I have my shield, I have my bell of truth on, and I'm ready to go. I have the sword of the Spirit in hand that I can stick and I can move forward and stick and move forward so that the enemy won't be able to push against you. God is fighting by your side, He loves you. But this is where his truth is. It's in his word. Be reading it daily. Be praying to him, asking him to be able to help you. And I promise you that if you're doing this on a daily basis, if you're practicing what we are told to do right here in his word, that he's going to be able to help you to go through those times. Some of you might be thinking right now, though, I don't have that truth inside of me. I, this is the first time I'm ever hearing about this character, Jesus Christ. And you know what? When I have things happen in my life, the enemy, whether you're a Christian or not, the enemy is still going to plant lies into your mind. It happens. There's depression, I'm not saying that's what causes depression, but there's depression and anxiety, and sometimes, and even myself, I have lies being put into me which cause me to go into a depressive moment for an entire day and to have anxiety the entire day. There's a lot of times that I'm thinking to myself, like I said before, I'm a bad husband because I can't fix the things going on in my wife's life. I'm bad at this because of this. God doesn't love me because this isn't happening. Maybe you're going through that right now and you don't know who Jesus Christ is. You've never allowed him to come into your life. You, you're hearing about the, the belt of truth. You're hearing about the sword of the spirit, and you're saying to yourself, man, I really wish I had that. John chapter 10, verse 10 talks about a thief, but also talks about Jesus Christ, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know who this Jesus is. It says that he came to give you life, not, but not to just give you life, but to give you abundant life to give you joy, to give you peace. This is what Jesus Christ can give to you. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe you've never heard of Jesus before. I want to give you an opportunity right now to accept him into your life for the very first time. Because Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived a pure, a perfect life. He came down from his heavenly throne specifically for you. He came down from his heavenly throne for you to go and die on a cross for your sins. That when he was bleeding, when he spilled his blood, he knew that his blood was covering all of your sins and the sins that everybody else in the world would ever commit. It was covering all the sins of the world. But three days later, after he died on a cross, he rose from the dead, breaking through the grave, breaking off the chains, breaking through sin so that your sin that you had covering your heart, the sin that had you locked down, that the sin that was going to cause you to die for eternity, Jesus Christ broke those sins. He broke the grave so that you could rise up with him one day. And when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, we have the ability to repent of our sins, knowing that this this is the way I used to go. I used to think these things were okay, but now I'm going to turn in a completely different direction. I want a path of righteousness. I want a path that leads to Jesus Christ. And when we accept him, we can ask God for forgiveness of our sins. And when we do that, we can live with God forever, with Jesus Christ by our side for all of eternity. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ into your life. So if you've never accepted him before, and you want to accept Jesus Christ right now, you want to have that joy and that life in your life, I would ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. In Jesus right now, I ask that you would forgive me. I say you would take the guilt and the shame and the sin off my heart. And I receive your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together and put some hype in the chat for those people that are just accepting Jesus Christ for the first time? Let's go.
1: Amen, amen, amen. Everybody, it's an amazing day when people are giving their lives to follow Jesus. And hey, maybe you're here and you just prayed that prayer for the first time. Hey, we want to celebrate with you. We don't want to call you out. We want to celebrate with you. But here's what we want to do. Will you be bold as you just made a lifelong decision of saying yes to follow Jesus, we let us know by just simply typing yes in the chat. Maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you walked away from God at some point in your life, and today you're saying, you know what? This Christmas season, the greatest gift I can ever receive is relationship with Jesus. Put yes in the chat, but also do us a favor. Type exclamation point next level. You're going to see a link in the chat. And go ahead and click that. Let us know because we want to be able to connect with you. We want to be able to follow up with you and let you know, hey, we have people and pastors here at God Squad Church that are praying for you. You just made a lifelong decision. And I don't know about you, but I don't like doing the Christian faith by myself. I like having people around me to guide me, to direct me. We don't want to throw you in the deep sea and just expect you to swim. We want to walk alongside you. There's going to be tips on, hey, how do you even start praying? Where do you start reading that Bible? That's all in that link right there. So I encourage you to go ahead and click that and get yourself plugged in. This is why we do church every week to give God glory, to connect with one another, but also so that people can give their lives to follow Jesus. And we want to say thank you to every single one of you that are making this possible. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you to those that are financially supporting God's Squad Church. And because of it, literally every week, people are being impacted. People are building community, and best of all, people are saying yes to follow Jesus. And maybe you're here, and you've never given God Squad Church. The reason we do it, it's a part of our faith. It's a part of our worship. We give God of our finances so that we can say, God, thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done for me, and it is my joy. I'm not being forced. I'm not being coerced. It's my joy to give God an offering so that the kingdom of God can be advanced and that's so more services and ministries like this can happen so I want to encourage you today maybe you've never given before but maybe you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself I want to encourage you we have many safe and secure ways for you to be able to give you're going to see it on the screen I want to encourage you give today as an act of your worship below this stream click that give link there'll be links in the chat you can give through PayPal or even on our website where you can customize your giving whether it's recurring or a one time gift but also everyone's got a cell phone you can text any amount that you're comfortable with, the 84321. And we want to say thank you so much for your giving. Any amount that you're able to give, big or small, makes a difference. So we want to say thank you, thank you so, so much.